Good morning, this is uh, Tyler Don Rosenquist, and welcome to Character in Context, and we're having a very special pre-Yom Kippur episode today. Um, I'm recording this actually, uh, let's see, it's 18th of September, which is weird because usually you're used to when I mention a date, it's like two or three months before the broadcast airs. But, uh, you know, for, for festival-related ones, you know, we're not in the Gospel of Mark series today. I, I like to do them right before so that whatever I'm saying is fresh and it's, it's, it's important to the time. And um, today we're going to have a really kind of a weird one. I mean, Yom Kippur is, you know, it's the Day of Atonements. It's uh, Yom HaKippurim is how it's said in Hebrew. Yom Kippur for short. It's the day of our atonements as a nation. And we have to look not only at our personal sins, which is what we're supposed to do uh, for the 40 days beforehand, but uh, especially as at our sins as as a nation, as the not, not like America and Europe and everything, but as, as the people of God. Because, you know, we sin against God, we are bad image bearers, we, we do not do what we need to do, we do things that we, we shouldn't do, and it does not serve the kingdom, and sometimes it actually hurts the kingdom. So, you know, we, we have this day, Yom Kippur, where we don't eat, we don't drink, we, um, we humble ourselves for God, and um, I think I covered the whole, yes, fasting is a part of it. Last year, and I proved it from different places in Scripture on last year's, and I'm not going to recover that again this year. Um, and I also have a blog on it, and I think I have a video. I've, You know, you get to a point where you've done enough years that you can't remember what you've done when. But... Um, before I get into that, before I talk about kind of the state of the body, state of the union of the body of Messiah, um, I'd like to give a miracle report because it's it's crazy. Um, you know, sometimes God vindicates us in crazy ways, and sometimes it takes a long time for it to happen, but it happens, and anniversaries are really important to Yahweh, which is one of the reasons why we have Passover, and we have Shavuot, and we have Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah, whichever you want to call it, and Yom Kippur, and and Sukkot. You know, we because anniversaries are important, and that's why uh, the Jews celebrate Hanukkah because there was a great deliverance that day, not as a um, feast of the Lord, but as a remembrance and an honoring and Purim. But so uh, August eleventh, two thousand sixteen, something terrible happened to me, and I I was subjected to some really horrible false accusations. Um, by, by somebody who, I, no, I'm not going to give any more information than that. And that, that accusation was not only given to me in a blast and block on social media, um, giving me no way to contact this person and, and try and 
it worked through it, but it was also delivered to other people. And, you know, when you lose like a ton of friends in one day after being um, <laughs> accused, you, you know why. And it was a terrifying accusation because as a woman, um, women are more uh, at risk for certain accusations than others and less forgiven. And our reputations don't bounce back the way men do. And for nine months, I literally, I'll tell you, I was not sleeping and I was terrified. And, and, you know, finally at the end of the nine months, it's like God, you know, just helped me and released me from that fear and but still, this has been unresolved all this time. And at, at this point, I don't expect there will ever be a resolution. But as you may also know, because I've talked about this in broadcasts before, um, I've been having strokes off and on since 1997, January 7th, 1997, before I was even saved. And they were gone for a number of years, came back about three years ago. And so it's something that I've I've had to live my life, you know, kind of in the shadow of it's kind of like, well, when I go someplace, I have to take my phone, have to let my husband know, you know, or my kids know where I am just in case I have problems and I don't come back. They know where I was. So it's just, uh, it, it's, I wasn't able to really schedule speaking engagements and, you know, people would want me to come and speak. I'd have to say, I can't because, you know, I just... I can't commit to you. I'm um but I woke up four years and one day after this whole accusation thing, because I I just checked the dates this morning. August twelfth, twenty twenty. Uh I wake up and it's like I know that I'm never I'm not going to have a stroke again. It's it's this problem is gone. You know, at least this chronic problem is gone where it keeps it's happening and I woke up and I had just had this knowing it wasn't going to happen anymore oh I'm just going to keep this under my hat I mean I'm praising God and everything but um I didn't feel any different you know but then the next day my son Matthew one of my twins heard our adoption testimony you know about them well he says hey mom watch my taekwondo kick and he kicked me in the head all right, exactly across from, I figured out later, from the place I have cluster headaches when, when I'm getting ready. And and he shouldn't have kicked me. He's done this a million times, but he kicked me. And he kicked me in that spot, and I got a concussion and whiplash. As you can imagine, I hit the ground. Um, I mean, not like pass out. I just went down. And, but... When I'd recovered from the concussion, I realized that something was enormously different. Um, I felt different. And I started, you know, it's like, well, maybe I just needed a good kick in the head. <laughs> a lot of people say I do. So I just made the announcement on my social media wall this morning because it's it's been five weeks now almost and no it's been five weeks actually it has been five weeks and you know I'm a different person in a lot of ways I feel very different and and um you know I I don't feel bitter about the accusations or anything they're hard to go through but you know you learn through these kind of things not to live in fear 
you learn to forgive, you learn to, um, you learn the difference between forgiveness and restoration because, you know, there are people who are safe to be around. There are people who are not safe to be around. Um, you learn to let things go because, you know, there at this point, there's, there's never going to be any admission that, you know, and um, the other person who was involved who could have stood up for me did not because um, they knew the truth. No, people do what people do, but we have to go on with our lives and we have to be forgiving and we have to be peacemakers and we have to be kind and we meek and we have to not retaliate. And that was a very difficult thing, not retaliating. Um, you know, because people make accusations and sometimes you know stuff about them and it's kind of like, oh, I, you know, you accuse me of stuff I didn't do. I can tell everybody stuff you did. No. Or stuff that's true about you or, or whatever. But no, because then you're a villain. Okay. Bad enough if somebody else is going to be a villain, you don't be a villain too. We don't do tit for tat. We want to remain blameless. And um, so it was just really a very kind gift on Yahweh's part. It was It was entirely unexpected. So thank you, my king. That's just, it's my little miracle report but um for yom kippur it's not going to be nearly as pleasant here um because i want to talk about um i call this the united states of oppression because when you look at sins in the torah they're generally about oppression this so and a lot of the commandments are commanding us not to oppress to act certain ways that are to liberate and not oppress and to show kindness and alleviate oppression were to do righteousness and justice. So I want to tie that to, um, and you know, and I, uh, it's no secret that I believe the mark of the beast isn't a physical thing. It's allying ourselves with the, um, the kingdom of the beast through, um, through sin, being oppressive toward others as the mark of God is, um, is invisible. I believe the mark of the beast also is, it's just, let's call it the price of doing business and getting along in the world. Okay. Symbolically, that's what, uh, John was talking about in Revelation. And you can, um, disagree with me or not, but if you take my direction, um, it really, <laughs> it inspires you to behave a whole lot better and um, looking for a microchip or, or ever doesn't really it doesn't really help anybody else just makes you I remember you know I remember when the mark of the beast was credit cards <laughs> oh and cell phones okay so let's uh, let's look at the beatitudes because the beatitudes are how we should gauge ourselves judge ourselves as to how well we are operating on kingdom standards as opposed to worldly standards because a lot of worldly standards have really worked their way into the body and we haven't even noticed because they're just so much part of our culture that we don't see how oppressive and un sermon on the mount beatitudes like ungood fruit like they are because they're just normal. They're how things are done in our culture. 
um, not just here in America, but in other places. And yes, get it like on um, social media. Oh my gosh, social media where, you know, we're anonymous and we only talk the way we talk because we, we know no one can punch us in the face. So it started in the... In the Beatitudes, this starts in um, Matthew chapter 5, we're start in uh, verse 2. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Now, we are so far, you know, most of, most of Christendom, and, and people in general... Probably 99% of those who are listening to me on a computer or on a cell phone, all right, are so far from poor, okay, and, and as a nation, we're so far from poor here in America that three of the top 10 richest people on the planet run a chain of stores where people go to get more stuff than they need at prices that we all know must have come from sweatshop labor. And yet their wealth still grows exponentially every year. And it doesn't even bother us because we want stuff. And of course I'm talking about Walmart. Um, when I uh, when I was a boss over, you know, a union crew, they would, uh, they would say that they weren't getting paid enough money. And I'd say, well, then you need to buy American products. And you need to buy American products at, at fair prices so Americans can get good wages. And then, you know, they would be going, they'd shop at Walmart. And so they wanted, you know, the, the, here's the thing. We want fair wages. We want equitable high wages for ourselves, but we don't want them for anybody else because we want stuff. And that is a form of oppression. That's one we've got to think of. What do you actually need? What do we actually need? What, you know, what can we do without if the price of it is somebody else working in a sweatshop or, you know, slave labor wages, really, and, and in some places, actual slavery. Uh, how about, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. But we don't mourn anymore. I'll tell you something, we're too busy telling people that their loved ones didn't really die of COVID this year because they had comorbidities. I mean, seriously, who used that word before about a month ago? So, I have seen people who claim to keep Torah callously disregarding those who are grieving their recent dead over an agenda. You know, where are our hearts? The mourning are supposed to be comforted by us, not have the rug pulled out from underneath them when they're just struggling to hold it together. And, and where did this come from? This comes from multiple posts where someone says does anyone even know any people who have died of COVID and for the answer for me is yes and I've ministered the families of many who have dead from COVID know many people who have had COVID um, and and somebody will say yeah my mom last month and the, the person replied yeah but your mom had breast cancer so she didn't really die of COVID okay on earth is wrong with us my mom died last month or her however many months ago i can't remember how it was the response wasn't i know sorry it's 
it's been so upsetting. No, well, your mom didn't really. Just completely gloss over the human issue that this person is suffering a recent loss of their mother. And the person lashed out because, like, my mother was in total remission, not a trace of cancer in her body, you know, and da, da, da. When somebody is mourning, we shouldn't be telling them why they shouldn't be mourning or why, you know, you just mourn with them. You stop your agenda, you stop whatever, and you love on them, all right? That, she should never have been victim to an agenda. Okay, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, we don't see meekness as strength, and yet we claim to have as our master and our our king the one who meekly went to the cross and died for us who meekly endured a mock trial beating scourging humiliation oh no but we don't want to be seen as doormats that's cultural that's the world's culture telling us um, that we don't dare be doormats. But, you know, I just spent four years mostly meekly enduring, because I had some, I had some bad days, especially at the beginning, meekly enduring some horrible accusations. And it's not the first time it's happened. But we, we need to be meek. We need to be non-retaliatory. It's... One of the reasons why I know Joseph Smith of Mormonism is a false prophet is because he died with a gun in his hand. You don't see the prophets in Scripture dying with a gun in their hand. You know, taking other lives to defend themselves. You don't see that happening with any of the apostles. Um, we're not to be that way, all right? We're supposed to emulate our, our king. Doesn't mean we're supposed to go looking for death, but... We don't take people with us when we go, all right? Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I'm betting a lot of people who brag about their Torah observance won't make it even through Yom Kippur without eating and drinking. But if they have no medical issues preventing them, we are enslaved to our bellies. And although that's not what this... It is kind of what it was talking about because Yeshua was talking to the people of the land um, of Israel during the Roman occupation where people were just living hand to mouth. Okay? He was telling them that, you know, I, I know you're hungry and you're thirsty, but you will be blessed if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. But but we don't. Goodness sakes, we about let's talk about cuties oh my gosh oh my gosh people still won't give up their netflix accounts and over the last week i have seen liberals conservatives atheists a satanist um a transgender and and just all sorts of people releasing videos calling for the heads and the arrest of everyone who is involved in making what is very, very clearly pedophilia bait, right? But, you know, we're supposed to hunger and thirst for righteousness so much that we will 
cut off our our hand or you know or gouge out our eye rather than offend that righteousness okay blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy i'm gonna go here would merciful people mock a political candidate who seems very much to be sinking into dementia and into the loss of self-control that goes along with the disease seems to not even know he's being used and his family isn't pulling him back and the party isn't pulling you know we're not supposed to put the uh put a stumbling block in front of the blind or curse the deaf and obviously suffering from dementia all right maybe i'm wrong and god forgive me if i'm wrong but he ministered to a lot of people in in nursing homes over the years. When they start to go, it's not pretty and it's not funny. It's not political fodder. We can discuss it without being cruel. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Yeah, again, believers defending cuties and holding on to their Netflix accounts for dear life. Oh, but, you know, don't worry. I heard someone say the star wasn't really 11 when it was filmed. She was 13. That makes it so much better. Gosh, what's our price? No, heck with uh, taking on the mark of the beast to eat. You know, take on the mark of the beast to watch old episodes of um, binge, binge watch The Crown or, or whatever, which I, I really enjoyed at one point, but you know what? they started uh as soon as netflix started giving subscriber money to uh overturn the georgia abortion ban <laughs> right blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of god peacemakers can't even be peaceful with people who make different decisions on masks being called murderers on one side and on the other side we are assured that those terrible mask wearers are fearful, sheeple, who will definitely take the mark of the beast. We're so hopefully, hopelessly, not hopefully, hopelessly divided over it that we can't even hope to withstand anything truly serious as the body of Messiah. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, and, and we expect people to endure persecution that is not for the sake of righteousness, okay? I won't support looters and rioters, but I know they have a reason for their anger. Things aren't right in this country. People are being persecuted for the color of their skin here and everywhere. Others are persecuted for their gender. These aren't the same things as being persecuted for righteousness, and so it's wrong for us to expect people to endure it as though it is inevitable. It's an entirely different sort of persecution. It's inevitable that people will be persecuted for the sake of the cross, and that we should endure it, and, and, and we are not to strike back and lash out. We are to bless and not hurt. It's ridiculous for us to expect people who are not followers of Messiah to turn the other cheek. Makes no sense outside of a relationship with God. And so, you know, what are we doing to change racism, you know, one hand, and, you know, and, and, and people's hearts? On the other hand, the black churches should not be standing alone 
lodged in between rooter, looters and rioters of all skin colors on one side, you know, who are doing wrong, and white churches on the other side who are also doing wrong, pretending like there are no problems in this country with prejudice and hatred. The weightier matters demand that we engage with the culture and engage and, and, and change it. For the sake of those who are being hurt, and especially for the sake of the children who are growing up frustrated and angry, and yeah, they have a right to be angry. We've got to get our head out of the sand. We're, we're very concerned about our own persecution, but we're not concerned with the people who are persecuted all the time, just for how they look. It's, it's a terrible blind spot, and, and we've got to start loving We'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to uh, part two of my special Yom Kippur 2020 version of character in context. And we're doing a little State of the Union. And to do a State of the Union in the body of Messiah, we have to go to the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount to see how we are measuring up this year to the kingdom standards as opposed to the worldly standards that we have, you know, really taken on and have been ingrained in us and even those of us in the church and who claim to be Torah observant, which of course nobody is. Um, but we, uh, we've taken on so much of the world and we don't even realize it. And so we're going to keep going. This is a very uncomfortable thing because this is our measuring rod. This is our measuring line, and uh, we can't ignore it. We can't say it's pie in the sky because these are how we ally ourselves with the kingdom by doing Yeshua's Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes more and more and doing the Kingdom of the Beast stuff less and less. That's that's what our life in is supposed to be. And we're uh, in chapter 5, verse 11 now of the Gospel of Matthew. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, I don't know many people personally who this happens to. I know a lot of people who get all kinds of evil uttered against you falsely you know, on not on Yeshua's account, but just because people lie. So it's not the same thing. Um, you know, I wasn't so blessed when, when this person made these accusations against me it, because she wasn't doing it for the sake of Yeshua. She was just doing it for her own sake or whatever. And, um, no, that's that's not what's being talked about this now now you can be blessed or cursed because of how you handle it righteously or unrighteously because Yahweh will you'll either just keep going around the same you know mountain over and over again 
or you know Yahweh will use it in your life to conform you more to the image of the one who who did uh, endure insult and reproach and and even death um, wrongly so this is how we emulate our king and when we are actually really persecuted for his sake and not like I mean what usually happens online is like somebody's behaving badly in his name and they get smacked down well that is not you know being persecuted for his sake that's 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 probably him being hated for our sake we're not blessed when we do that so we've got to be really real i'm actually not sure i have ever been oh yeah actually there was once <laughs> we're not going to go into it um but still it wasn't bad it wasn't like what they go through in other countries you know like china and india and um africa um all over asia in Africa really well I mean not everywhere in Asian Africa but but where they're really legitimately persecuted for his namesake and even in Israel you've got messianic believers being persecuted uh, check out the uh, ministry one for Israel and pray for them because they 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 are evangelists to the Jewish people and not everyone is you know the secular Jews aren't you know so bad about it but some the very very most religious sects are and uh, they've even so you know keep them in and i'm not i'm certainly not saying that all jews would even countenance such a thing most jews would not um but you know you've always got firebrands who think that you know they can serve god being other people mm. they're in every religion okay and 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 you know what i will say is pray for people and not against them. I uh, one of the things person the TV show House watched it years ago, and the one thing he said that was absolutely true was everyone lies. Entirely true. But I know that um, when people are trying to get me to pray about a situation, they'll tell me their side of it, and sometimes their side of it, they are lying about it. Sometimes they will say they're the victims when they're actually the aggressors, and so I will never pray against somebody i will pray against certain groups of people i will every several times a day i will say uh, yahweh and your mercy and justice and love and compassion and righteousness please uh, confound the schemes of the human traffickers and turn their cleverness into stupidity and foolishness and you know let them be exposed and you know that kind of stuff okay i will pray i will pray against the workings of a category of people i don't pray against them i pray for them to be redeemed and um i <laughs> um because that's good for them too because it stops them from sinning but uh you know oftentimes you'll get whole churches whole congregations against an innocent person just because they have decided to believe one side of the story they've usually only heard one side of the story and gosh why would anyone lie um well lots of reasons people like to look innocent so pray for people not against them especially your enemies never pray against your enemies. do it don't do it you may not be really looking at the situation objectively 
maybe maybe they're your enemy for a reason maybe they're my enemy for a reason okay so be merciful be merciful you are the salt of the earth but if salt has lost its taste how shall its saltiness be restored it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet are we going out with the gospel you know how much entertainment do we consume and how many hours do we, you know, versus how many hours do we spend introducing people to their Savior? And let me tell you, being on the internet, only talking to other believers is not the same thing as sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel, you share it with people who don't already have it, right? And if we're spending our life just enmeshed in worldly comforts, and I'm not saying that all entertainment's bad, okay? I love to watch, you know, a good movie. All right? Very, very excited. I saw that um, The Right Stuff, that, that great movie from 1983, is being remade as a TV series by National Geographic. And so I'm looking forward to that. You know, I, I, like, I like Jane Austen movies. <laughs> I do. I, I love um, BBC costume dramas. I, you know, Victoria, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But um, it's the exception of what I'm doing and not the rule. Usually, you know, I, I, I got too much other stuff to do. But, you know, we've got to be spending, if we're the salt of the earth and we're not doing anything, you know, we've lost our saltiness. If people's lives aren't being improved because you're a believer, then you've lost your saltiness right um you know if you're talking about how the lost needs saving but you know you've never ever done anything for the kingdom why not don't lose your saltiness you know go out and it's not everybody's an evangelist but you can feed the homeless you can work in a soup kitchen you can minister to the hurting you can give money if if that's if you don't have time but you have money you can give money there you know you can do yard work for a shut-in or shopping for them or there are so many things we can do to prosper the kingdom and be salty not like a lot of people are being salty out there and you know what i'm talking about <laughs> You know, sailors are salty, too. And I'm not saying all sailors are. Some sailors are. I've got a friend named Joel. <laughs> Joel Sanchez, down in Costa Rica, and he does, like, the greatest catch every summer to pay for his ministry work down in Costa Rica because he has so much trouble getting uh, messianics to support um, missions work. And his, his ministry is Crucified Life Ministries. Please check him out. Please send him money um yeah he does deadliest catch and so he's a salty sailor <laughs> without being you know salty <laughs> eddie i'll go tell him i've been his ears are probably burning because i'm making fun of him right now but in a good way ah you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all the house in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And no one is a light if they are not actively engaging with the culture and making a difference. I had these neighbors once. 
Oh my gosh, who blasted praise music in the neighborhood and said it was their evangelistic efforts. No, what it was was obnoxious. Playing music you enjoy loudly and forcing everyone else to listen to it is not a good work, and especially not when it's loud. It's just being a jerk and, and you know, painting it with a different brush. It's like whitewashing. Don't whitewash that too, man. I know that's not the same thing, but... <laughs> Forgive me for my mixed metaphors here, all right? Is that a mixed metaphor? I'm not even... Let's just forget it. Let's move on. Do not think... This is verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Do we tell people how he did that? Or are we too busy using this verse to explain why the law is not done away with? You know... This is, of all of, this is shameful about the Hebrew Roots Movement, the Messianic Jewish Movement. They, you, you take Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and instead of focusing on the entire thing as a manifesto for kingdom loyalty and kingdom behavior, oh no, we're going to say, do not think I've, I've come to abolish the law of the prophets I have not come to abolish but to fulfill for truly I say to you until heaven and earth pass away not an iota not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished no that's what we focus on isn't that horrifying isn't that shameful you know we spend too much time trying to convert people who are already believers to our way of thinking all the while people out there are dying without knowledge of our God you know, there's a difference between evangelism and recruiting. You know, what are we doing to establish his kingdom on earth? Are we busy doing Matthew 25? Um, and I'm talking about the parable of the sheep of the goats. Are we the sheep who are taking care of the poor and the downtrodden and the widowed and the orphan and the sick and, and the wrongfully jailed? Or are we the goats ignoring them? Or are we the monsters oppressing them and I talked about that last week with porn use and I am a firm believer that um, porn users speak as a former one 21 years from the time I was 8 to the time I was 29 see it's a system of oppression I have been free 21 years thank God and the people have been free of me doing that because it's a two sided thing it's not a victimless crime not a victimless crime. 18. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great. And this is really deceptive because there are people who like to pretend that there are only a few laws that count right now. Feast, Sabbath, tassels, food, and mezuzahs. You know, all the ones that mainstream Christians keep, and keep even better than we do, and sometimes we don't even try at all, you know, don't count as much as the easy ones. The parties, and the food, and the tassels. But we must do and teach the hard ones first and foremost, or God will be utterly weary of our feast, just as he was with the ancient Israelites. If we don't do the weightier matters of caring for the poor and the sick and the oppressed and the wrongfully imprisoned and the sick and the widows and the orphans, then our observances are a sham. Okay? 
because the, the ancient Israelites, oh, yeah, love having that day off on the Sabbath. Love having those festival days. You know, oh, no, I have to eat beef instead of pork. What a horrible... Oh, man. Enough sarcasm. <clears throat> Verse 24, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Hey, scribes and Pharisees were keeping the feast and the Sabbaths and eating kosher better than we ever dreamed of. It wasn't enough. They were making the easy stuff hard. And by the easy stuff, I mean, you know, the food regulations and and, and the, the Sabbath regulations and, and the feasts. They were making that stuff hard. But they weren't doing the hard stuff, the stuff that requires sacrifice. You know, sometimes we get it all backward. I just had to tell, I just had somebody tell me, excuse me, last week, that eating pork and Sunday Sabbath and not selling, celebrating the right holidays is a sign of false conversion. They also told me that calling them holidays is not something that any truly Torah-observant person would do. So, you know, I guess, where does that leave me? Um, holidays is actually a word that is an amalgam of holy. There we go. And it um, makes no sense to judge people based on their paradigms and, and misunderstandings, right? All right. People are out there dying every single day in Asia and Africa for the sake of the gospel. And they eat pork and tarantulas and horses and cats and dogs and crocs and celebrate Christmas and Easter and risk their lives to even meet together on Sundays. If they looked at us, they would have a much better case for crying out false conversion. Let me tell you, their righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees. Ours, you know, I'm not putting myself up there with them. Verse 21 22 You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Now, the Torah commandments are like the bare minimum for protecting us from one another, all right? Or I call it the care minimum. The bare minimum. It's the care minimum. You gotta care. But they don't make us any different on the inside. Yeshua demands that we strive toward perfection and made the way possible through the inauguration of the new creation life at the cross. We can become people who aren't angry and who are quick to forgive. I'm still working on the quick. I, I forgive eventually, but it's the quick part, okay? You know, every year I get better about it, you know, despite times in the past when I never thought it was possible or even wise to change and, and forgive more quickly or at all. Um, goes on, whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Now, people have become so insulting that they are blind to it. It's frightening to watch. Yes, they see it when someone opposing them does it, but they, but they spew unkindness and they see it as honesty. And I got called an Illuminati worshipping, New World Order supporting government zombie back in April because I told a gal that COVID was real after having ministered to, you know, recently to a few families who, who had lost loved ones. And, you know, by her profile, I could see she was a believer. Another guy straight out 
outright blasphemed the spirit operating in me in late March when he prophesied that the plague of COVID would be lifted by the Passover and that no believers who kept Passover would ever get sick from it. I told him that I knew a family personally who kept the Passover every year. Hey, Dave. Hey, Anita. Hey, kids. Um, <laughs> and that every single one of them was sick. And thank God they're still all with us. But it was a long haul to get them better. You know, he blocked me and then publicly insinuated that I was playing for the wrong team. And he, you know, blasphemed the spirit in me. Okay. And, and who el whoever says, you fool... And he didn't retract either. He just took down his, uh, his, uh, he had a fake name anyway. Uh, he just took down his account. I remember when he used to have a real name. He took down his account after Passover and, you know, <laughs> it wasn't gone. Whoever says you fool will be liable to hellfire. I want to ask how many people, and we've already talked about this, are mocking Joe Biden right now when it's evident he's having mental issues. And I already talked about that. You know, we aren't to put a stumbling block in front of a blind man or curse a deaf person, but I guess that mocking an elderly man who's clearly losing control of his mental faculties is okay just because we hate his politics. It's callous. Makes us look quite evil. And for that matter, we know that Photoshop exists and that people use it to doctor damning photos. But we pass around every bit of gossip and pics and all that about our political opponents anyway. Hello, Bill Gates, okay? Or Hollywood people, or, or whoever. Have we no fear of hellfire? Are we not terrified of the penalties for lying? And slander when Paul and John both said that liars would not inherit the kingdom of heaven? Yeshua said that the devil is the father of lies and those who, are, who lie are his children. Mark 7, Yeshua said that slander defiles us. We don't take him seriously. Yeah, some people really ought to be shaking in their boots. You know, God doesn't need us to lie to get his work done. He's more powerful. Now, he's not a false god. Verse 23 and 24. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. It's never late to make things right when you've wronged somebody. And if you can make things right and don't, it's a great evil. It's selfish. It's completely self-centered. That's uncomfortable. Get over it. Somebody else deserves vindication from you. All right. Verse 25 and 26. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. We are a society obsessed with getting away with stuff we've done. But it's dishonest. Sometimes we did evil before becoming believers and uh, believe that God forgiving us means that we don't have to make things right with those we have damaged. That's not true. And how much more so those things we, we've done to hurt people while we were believers. It's a great story about a murderer who comes to faith and then goes back to face justice in a book called Living on the Devil's Doorstep. Awesome testimony. It's not what the whole book's about. It's a small part of that book. Good book. 
Verse 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has uh, already committed adultery with her in his heart. Oh, you know what? I did this one last week. Oh, we are almost out of time. So I did this one last week. Go back and listen. It's on my, it's in the archives, uh, characterincontext.podbean.com. Um, porn is adultery, guys. Big time. Uh, verse 29, uh, 30. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better to lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go to hell. And we're commanded to go to extremes to eliminate sin from our lives. We often lack ex desire to even do the basics. I mean, hello, get rid of Netflix, okay? It's evil. Uh, oh, no, just one more. I've taught about this one, too. Um, we know... Uh, I'm sorry. Got to read the verse. Verse 31. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. You know, that one I've also done a teaching on last year, so you can look that up, too. Um, how about do not swear falsely, but perform to the Lord what you've sworn um you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no and anything more than that. Do we keep our word? Are are we one person on social media and entirely offline? Do we even have the same on an offline? Um you've heard it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, but I say do not resist one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. You know what? Retaliate. We're to show them the grace of God, the grace that he showed us. He didn't retaliate against us. We shouldn't retaliate against others. Uh